What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Welcome to another AV Quickie. Also, just a reminder, if you like this episode, you can find more episodes at adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude, which means this episode might contain explicit content. Anything goes when you're in video land. Sometimes you might get some inappropriate language, some locker room talk. So if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. All right, guys, I think the trial of the Chicago 7 is the best movie of 2020 so far. We still have a little over a month to go until the new year. But as of right now, as of this podcast, it's the best movie of 2020. And there's still some good movies coming out like Soul, Fat Man, Mank, Let Him Go. And I think there's been some really interesting independent movies this year. Palm Springs, Deerskin, Possessor. You just have to go look for them. I'm not going to blame COVID for a shitty year at the movies. I think it's honestly been pretty solid. Could it have been better? Sure. But overall, pretty solid. But yeah, I'm a little late with this review. I think it uh, released on October 16th, somewhere around there. But I was in the Halloween spirit, guys. I probably watched, no shit, 25 to 30 horror movies in October. And the first non-scary movie that I watched in November was The Trial of Chicago 7. It took me a while to get around to it, but I got around to it. I've been looking forward to this movie um, for a while, since it was announced. I just had to get in the mood. Um, it's hard going from a horathon to a political courtroom drama. But guys, I loved it. My wife loved it. Um, I think we were both in tears by the end of the movie. It's one of those movies I haven't heard a lot of people in Videoland talk about, which is unfortunate because I think everyone should see it. I think more people would be talking about it if it released now or maybe in December. Closer to award season, at least. But, guys, I expected it to be good. It's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, a very talented writer. He has a laundry list of credits to his name. I think this is only his second movie that he's directed. But Aaron Sorkin is a name that when you hear it as a movie buff, you get excited. My favorite of his movies is The Social Network, but his name goes so much deeper than that movie. That's just my favorite. So I figured the movie would be good, and it was. It was great. I loved it. And I've been interested in this topic or this historic event, this circus show, since about 2007. There was an animated movie called Chicago 10 that came out telling that the same story. Check it out. I think it's worth a watch as well. And then a year ago, I interviewed Kit Backey, the author of Protest on Trial, the Seattle 7 Conspiracy, which is about a different group of guys, but kind of in the same wheelhouse. So I wanted to plug that interview real quick because... Their cases are very similar to Chicago 7, and I, man, I would love to see Aaron Sorkin direct a movie about that circus show as well. I think that'd be awesome. So go educate yourself on the Seattle 7. You know, Listen to my interview with Kit Backey. It's related to Big Lebowski in a way. It's very interesting stuff, but I've been intrigued by these protests for a while now, uh, going back to 2007. So if you're unfamiliar, though, the Chicago 7 is about the trial of seven men after the 1968 protests in Chicago. It's a, you're going to hear me say the word circus a lot during this review. It's a courtroom circus of fucking power and corruption. It is a, it's a giant legal mess. Um, it's, it's about how insane our politics can get and how the government will stop at nothing to push their agenda. It's insane. It is insane what happens in the courtroom in this fucking movie. But not only is it a circus show, an interesting true story, it's also the movie of the times. It's about the right to protest, Black Lives Matter, police reform, riots. It's 
a snapshot of 2020 from 1968. And while I'm watching this, guys, I'm thinking to myself, very little has changed. Like, I can't believe the same shit is happening in 2020. I mean, I can because we live it every day, especially this year. It's been extreme, but it's fucking insane, man. The, the shit in this movie really happened. Still happening. There is a judge in this movie who was on such a power trip and played brilliantly by Frank Langella. He'll probably be up for best supporting. But this judge is so blinded by power and set in his old school ways, this, this old train of thought, um, his bias, and just this, this old school way of thinking, man. It just makes you want to pick up your TV and just shake the fuck out of it, man. It just makes you want to scream. Like, let's, let's put it this way. There's a fact that I wrote down at the end of the movie that states 78% of his colleagues gave him an unqualified rating. All right, this is the kind of judge that was over the lives of seven men in 1968. Look, I don't condone rioting, but I understand rioting. Like, what do you do? What the fuck do you do when the people that are supposed to protect you and to stand up for you and listen to your side and go through legal process, when, when they don't listen, when the system doesn't work, what do you do? What are you supposed to do? I don't know, man. Get frustrated? Lose your mind? Burn down a fucking building? What do you do? What the fuck do you do? This movie is such a heavy reminder not that we need reminded again it's it's this has been an extreme year but we haven't made much progress as a country guys it's sad this movie makes you want to stand up and fight the power it makes you want to break out some public enemy all right not to sound too cheesy it makes you want to walk down the street with that boombox fight the power yeah so i i promise i won't sing that entire song guys but this movie will frustrate you it will make you so angry and mad, but it'll also make you cry, man. I won't ruin the scene for you guys, but the last scene of this movie will choke you up. It's so good. And uh, guys, the cast here is great. They are phenomenal. Someone's taken home some gold or will at least be nominated for some gold this year. Um, I already mentioned Frank Langella. I think, I think he was good. He has a great chance of taking home Best Supporting. Sasha Baron Cohen will more than likely be up for Best Supporting as well. He's having a great year between this and a sequel to Borat. Uh, there's some other great performances that I think have a chance taking home some gold, but those are my top two. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and um, Frank Langella. Mark Rylance, man, he gave a good performance. This, this guy is a great actor, but I think he's been overused the last five years. It seems like he's in everything. He's Steven Spielberg's go-to guy now. I think he's been in like Spielberg's last five movies, but Probably my favorite performance out of the last five years. Um, I think he knocked it out of the park in this. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, he gave another great performance between this and winning an Emmy for Watchmen. He's on fire right now. And even uh, Eddie Redmayne. I usually don't care for him just in general as an actor. He was good. Michael Keaton came out of nowhere. I didn't even know he was in this movie. He had a great cameo. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was just... Yeah, he was, he was fine. He was good. Nothing negative, really, to say. He was just playing Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is okay. I think there's probably more inspired casting, but he was good. Uh, just great performances all around. I think the gold will probably go to Frank Langella or Sasha Baron Cohen, though. If I was a betting man, Vegas odds, boom, those guys are going to be up for the gold. And I also think this movie has a great chance to pick up Best Picture and Best Screenplay. So, yeah, I think it's a good year for, for Netflix, guys. By the way, Netflix... 
bought this movie for, I think it was like 60 million off of Paramount because of, of COVID and just the awards that this movie should be nominated for will be worth the $60 million price tag. Awards put a lot of eyes on your movie. Some people won't even watch a movie until it gets nominated at the Oscar. You're like, oh, fuck, I, I should probably watch that now. And uh, Netflix has happened, man, it's such a great year. Uh, this and The Five Bloods, which will probably be nominated. This year, I think Netflix could take home some major awards, um, including the big award, Best Picture. I think The Five Bloods is overrated. And for my money, I'm going Chicago 7. But both will be in the Oscar race for sure. I have no doubt about that. There's a lot of people that love The Five Bloods. So yeah, both of these movies will be in the Oscar race. So guys, like I said, it makes you want to stand up and demand change, fight the power. Uh, I think it's an important movie. It has a lot to say about our current situation. It's a reminder that you know we got to keep on pushing forward. And it's, it's a time capsule for 1968. It's a time capsule for 2020. I think everyone should see it. I think everyone should sit down and watch it with their family. I think this is a great movie, guys. I think everyone needs to see it. It's on Netflix right now, so go check it out. Anyway, guys, that's a wrap, man. That's uh, Those are my quick thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this quickie as much as I did. Let me know if you agree or disagree in the comment section of this episode. What's your opinion? Is Chicago 7 the best movie so far of 2020? What awards will it take home? Best picture, best screenplay, best supporting? Nothing? All right, guys, um, let me know what you think. Thanks for going on this adventure with me. You can find me on adventuresinvideoland.com. I'm on Instagram, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people. Peace out.